Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com Network which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. First of all, thank you for listening. And if you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and the Android app. And I do intend to do this every day throughout the offseason. I've got a few questions via Twitter and email on that. And that is certainly my intention is Monday through Friday with maybe a vacation thrown in here at some point. Um, and of course, please check out the rest of the great Lockdown Network, which includes Lockdown NFL, Locked on NFL Draft, which is a lot of great information, and Locked on Fantasy for your uh, fa- all your fantasy sports needs. And, of course, check out my website, PackerReport.com. I am currently doing my yearly grades. Now, mine are different than what Bob McGinn does for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and uh, the Green Bay Press-Gazette. I do mine on a salary cap curve, which I think maybe is a better way. To, well, of course I think it's a better way. That's why I'm doing it. But I think it's a better way of doing it. Um, because the salary cap is, the salary cap runs everything, and it really is the ultimate general manager of every team. I mean, you're constrained by the cap, and to me, what matters is the guys that you've paid a lot of money to. They better be damn good players, and then you need a smattering of other guys thrown in there. You know, the those rookie rookie contract sort of guys, and you, you need them to play like they're big money players. So I, I think that that's how I've been going on it for a few years. I think it works out pretty well. I've done the quarterbacks and running backs so far. Started to do the wide receivers last night. And I'll get that, get that post later today. Um, what we're going to do for the next, uh, I don't know, 10, 11 days here on the podcast is we're going to go just go through the positions. If we're not going to grade anybody, I'm just going to go position by position, player by player. Some of these will be shortish. Like today's the quarterbacks. That won't take too long. There's only three of them. Um, some days will be really short, like the tight ends, where there's only two. And then other days will be a bit longer, obviously, based on the, the length of the depth charts. Before we get rolling into that stuff, though, uh, my colleague Rob Domoski and the guys over at ESPN.com who cover the NFC North teams, pro their NFC, all-NFC North team. And the Packers dominated that. Um, a bit surprisingly, I guess, um, with, with 10 players getting first team. I mean, considering they won the division in the last week of the season. On their NFC North team, Aaron Rodgers, Ty Montgomery, Jordy Nelson, David Bakhtiari, TJ Lang, and Brian Balaga on offense, Mike Daniels, Nick Perry, and Ha Clinton Dix on defense, and some and the best special teams guys included J. Rone Elliott. Obviously interesting to see um, Ty Montgomery. As the first team running back. Now that he was a unanimous pick as the first team running back. But now, of course, consider the NFC North running backs too, right? Montgomery is joined by uh, Chicago's Jordan Howard in the backfield. 
You know, obviously Adrian Peterson got hurt and wasn't effective even when he did play in Detroit. I couldn't tell you who the Lions running back is. Um, Zach Zenner? Um, it's not Reggie Bush. He's gone. Um, Zach Zenner, uh, Theo Riddick, but he was hurt as well. He's really more of a receiving guy. So Montgomery, a first-team pick there. I thought that was pretty interesting. Also, you, all the other unanimous first-team picks for Green Bay. Rodgers. Um, right guard, TJ Lang. Right tackle, Brian Blaga. Defensive tackle, Mike Daniels. Those are the uh, unanimous picks. So Green Bay dominates the NFC North team. Um, based basically, <laughs> based basically on the final what seven games of the regular season. All right, let's get into the player grades. I want to go back in time here to what Rodgers was last year compared to this year. I got uh, I think eight stats here, which I, which I pretty good stats here. Completion percentage: Rodgers sixty five point seven percent this year, sixty point seven percent last year. That's a difference of five percent according to my great math skills. Yards. 4,428 this year, 3,821 last year. That's 600 yards. Yards per attempt, which I think is a vastly underrated stat. 7.26 this season, 6.68 last season. Almost a half-yard difference. Actually, it is, actually, it is a half-yard difference. About a two-thirds of yard difference. If I look at my notes, um, it'll actually be better rather than just trying to make this up on the fly. About two-thirds of a yard difference there. Touchdowns, 40 this year, 31 last year. By percentage, 6.6% this year, 5.4% last year. Interception, 7 for 1.1% this year, 8 for 1.4% last year. Pass running, which I'm a, I love pass running. I know it's a convoluted number. Nobody knows how it's worked out. But I think it's a great stat. You know, I ESPN's total pass rating, whatever the hell they call it, not my thing. Big fan of pass rating because I, th I think it tells you the story, especially when you put your pass rating and your opponent pass rating, and you put that in there for comparison purposes. I think that is such a telling number because this league is about passing the football and about stopping the from passing the ball. So I think you put those two numbers together, I think it's a, just a great stat. But anyways, this year, Riders 104.2. Basically right in line with this um, number one of all-time pass rating. Last year was 92.7, so about an 11.5 point difference there. Here's some um, lesser numbers that I found on the NFL's media site. The average length of Rodgers' pass, not completion, but average length of Rodgers' pass, 8.67 yards this year, 8.09 last year. So a little bit more of a... So basically, his average pass traveled a little bit more than a half yard further this year. And I think that really, really showed the impact of Jordy Nelson and when this got, offense got coming, where they had all the weapons that they didn't have last year. Remember last year, not only did they not have Nelson, but Devontae Adams had a bad ankle and wasn't, didn't play very well. And they went from Jared Cook to Richard Rodgers at tight end. So you add in the more explosive element at tight end, um, Nelson is better at receiver. Um, Devontae Adams is better than Devontae Adams was. And all that helps Randall Cobb get some room. So I think that number shows where the offense got more explosive. And that goes in line with this one here. The average length of Rodgers' completion, this is before Yak, as you, you know, this is the line of scrimmage to the point where the ball is caught. 
5.98 this year, 5.39 last year. Again, more, more than a half year difference there for the same reasons I outlined before. And that overcame a lesser yak, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, average yards per catch, 5.06 this year, 5.56 last year. So a lot more catch and tackle than it has. I thought, maybe some of that was Nelson, I thought. Nelson uh, wasn't a big yak guy early in the year. Um, you know, unbelievably, James Starks last year, he led the NFL in yak per catch by a mile. It's like oh, more than two yards difference. He averaged like 11.37. Um, Ty Montgomery about seven and a half this year. So I, oddly, they got a lot less out of the running backs. Um, Yak-wise, I, I chucked it up to, to defenses um, God, defending Montgomery different than they defended Starks. It's about the only thing I can figure out because I would take Montgomery over Starks in the open field most times. So let's continue the, the trip down memory lane here, shall we, with Rodgers? After his typically, typically hot four games to start last year, Rodgers then went into a tailspin that, tailspin that lingered for the next 21 regular season games. In that span, he had, remember, this is the guy with the highest pass rating of all time. At what is right now 104.1. I think at the, I think at the start of last year is 106. At that point, in the next 21 games, spanning will be the last 12 of last year and the first nine of this year, Rodgers had three games with a pass rating of 100. Three! Focusing just on this year, in the first nine games of this year, Riders ranked 17th in pass rating at 93.9 and 30th in yards per attempt at 6.53. Now remember, like I said, Riders is number one all-time in pass rating, and he is 17th this season. It may be even more of an oddball number. In NFL history, Riders is 6th in yards per attempt, and he was 30th this year. I remember hitting on these numbers during the podcast as it was happening, and it was just unbelievable that Rodgers is all-time great in these numbers, and he was mediocre in rating and scraping the bottom of the barrel in yards per attempt. Predictably, Green Bay 4-5 and five after nine games. Then came the last seven. They lose at Washington, and they go on the hot run of, of winning their last six, the, the run-the-table tour, as we call it. In those seven games, six games, with a pass rating of more than 100, the one... Um, one where he was not was at Chicago, where he was 87.0, no touchdowns in that game, which is why he fell short of the mark there. So you take the first seven games of this year, his rating was 93.9. The last nine, his rating was 120. He ranked first in the NFL, so it goes from 17th at 93.9 to first at 120.0. And he goes from 30th with 6.53 yards per attempt, to fourth with 8.37. So that's, you're getting close there to a two yards per attempt difference. And during those seven games, Riders 18 touchdowns and no interceptions, and he stopped fumbling too. He only lost one fumble during that span. Actually, he only fumbled once too. Here's, here's a good number I came up with here this morning. You got this morning. You know, I think pretty good this morning. Give me a cup of coffee. The Dunkin' Donuts coffee isn't bad, I gotta say. Although I'm more of a, uh, a uh, we have a coffee shop in town called Java, which is just fabulous. And I get a couple pounds. 
My, I went to get some of those yesterday. Get a, I was going to get a palm. My wife says, you're home all day now. You better get two. I'm like a 16-cup-a-day coffee drinker. No exaggeration. I'm not talking like the, you know, the actual liquid measurement of a cup. I'm talking like a regular old coffee cup size coffee cup. Your, your coffee maker makes 12. Yeah, your coffee maker makes 12 cups. I drink 16. Is that bad? I don't know. Anyway, I sleep like a baby, too. It's unbelievable. I just, I'll drink until 10.30, you know, watch TV for an hour with my wife or whatever, and boom, I'm sleeping. Anyways, you didn't need to know that. But hell, it's the off-season. It's time to go off on some tangents. Um, last year was bad, right? You threw 31 touchdowns and 8 interceptions last year. This is how unbelievable Aaron Rodgers is. In NFL history, there have been 12 seasons of 31-plus touchdowns and 8 or less interceptions. 12. And that was a bad <laughs> that was a bad year last year. And he's got, and he's in, and that was, there's only been 12 of those in NFL history. He's got five. Let that sink in. Of the 12 NFL, of the 12 seasons in NFL history of 31 or more touchdowns and eight or less interceptions, he's got five of them. This year, 40 and seven. Unbelievable. The guy is unbelievable. And as, as McCarthy said, basically, at week after week after week, you know, the team has been spoiled by Rodgers. When even, even when he's not playing well, he's playing well. I mean, you know, look at the, the start of the year. Was he playing great? No, but through, in the first seven games, three, the first nine, three, seven, nine, 10, 13, 17, 20, 22 touchdowns in three, four, five, seven, and seven interceptions. That was bad football by his standards. 22 touchdowns and seven picks. And like every other number in this era of passing, I realize that some of the stuff is skewed where back in the <clears throat> good old days, back when my grandpa watched football, um, you know, you, you actually run it in from the two. On well, today's football, you, you throw it in from basically every area of the field. But what I think is great about that number, which is why I brought it up, what is what stands when I, you know, I, I've got this on a thousand radio interviews over the last three years. Who's the better quarterback, Rodgers or Favre? And I take Rodgers because Rodgers will not beat you. I mean, he will not beat himself. He, he is... He, there's something to be said about just not losing the game. And I think, I mean, you watch enough of these games. You probably, hell, you, you probably watch more football than I watch. Because I, I watch the Packers and really don't have time for anyone else. It's probably fair to say that more games are lost than won in the NFL. Where the other team will, you know, throw a stupid interception. Or they'll just flat out lose the game and the other team will get the win. Rodgers almost never loses a game. That's not that hard, though. If you want to play mistake-free football, you certainly can do it. Um, you know, before Rodgers, I believe, is number one in interception history, interception percentage in NFL history. But like, you know, Neil O'Donnell's like second or something. Well, who cares? But what makes Rodgers great is he will beat you, and he is the maybe the best quarterback in NFL history with that, where he will not make. He will not kill you with big plays against you. Against you know, you know what I'm saying. He will, he's, he's not going to kill his team 
with big mistakes, but he will kill the other team with big plays. And I think that shows up with 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's a lot of touchdowns and no hardly, hardly any picks. And that's what, to me, then you throw in the yards per attempt stuff in there where he, he is pushing the ball down the field. So he's pushing the ball down the field. He's making plays. He's not killing you. That's Aaron Rodgers. The other quarterbacks, obviously we'll talk a lot less than those 11 minutes I spent on Rodgers. Brett Hundley, 2 out of 10 passing for Hundley. You remember that you go back to training camp, and we hurt his ankle early in camp. He played one game, hurt it again, and that was it for Hundley. So Brett Hundley, where this is supposed to be this huge offseason for Hundley, to take that year one, the year two jump that McCarthy always talks about, well, it didn't happen. He, had, he you know, I think it's five out of seven in the preseason, two out of ten in mop-up duty in the regular season. Means nothing to me. Brett Huntley is going to be a great player. Well, you know, he's got a chance to be a great player. Obviously, it's not going to happen here. But he's got a chance to be a great player, and he will be a starter in this league. And where it, where it hurts you, maybe it hurts you, is this is a whole offseason where he couldn't audition himself for the rest of the league. So this makes this a huge offseason for Huntley and the Packers. So I still think the Packers are better served trading Huntley next year. You have a good preseason this year, and maybe... Maybe trade him next year. Because Hunley can throw the ball. He's got an arm. He's a terrific athlete. He's smart. He cares. He's got a great work ethic. You name it, he's got it. Now, can he play the game? I mean, he certainly wouldn't be the only guy in an awful history with all of those traits, and it didn't quite pan out. So I think this is a big... Well, I don't think. I mean, I know... This is a big offseason for Hundley to you know, go into the preseason games and show the world that he can be that guy who knows how to play the game. There's no reason to think he can't. You spend that much time around Rodgers, and those guys are ultra-competitive. And I assume that's probably brought up the best in Hundley. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think he's going to be a terrific quarterback, and he's going to have a, great, a successful career as a starter in his league because there's nothing other than the fact that we don't know if he can actually physically go out and play the game, you know, you know, in the, you know, the bolts in the heat of battle cliche stuff, you know, that's what we don't know. But every other thing, though, in the world, he's got it. Um, so a big, a big offseason for Hundley to take that step that he wasn't able to take this year. And the third quarterback, Joe Callahan. Interesting year for Callahan. Goes from Division Three Wesley. Goes undrafted and purposely played Division Three, but he's also six foot one. At his pro day, he ran a four point nine eight forty. So he's short and he's slow in a league where you want your quarterback to be six three, right? And you want him to be able to run because this league is, you know, Brad Childress, the former Vikings coach, um, in his conference calls, you know, he, he'd always call talking about this quarterback or that quarterback about being an iron deer in the lawn. I always thought it was a great phrase. You know, you've seen those people with, with deer statues, right? My grandpa had deer statues, by the way. Go off on another tangent. My grandma and grandpa lived in the woods in the middle of nowhere in central Wisconsin. They had, you know, 10 acres, whatever they had. Of, it was woods. And they had deer statues. I never understood that. You've got real deer. You feed real deer. You've got real deer in the yard every night. Why do you have to have statues of deer? So if you if you have deer statues, I... I Apologize for if I offended you. I don't understand them. But then again, you might not understand that I spend too much money on eBay buying 
Lionel trains for the kids. But that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Um, I've got Christmas taken care of. It's January. Um, so, hell, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, Callahan, not tall, not fast. Not an iron deer in the lawn. But he's not an iron deer in the lawn. That's where I was going at with that. Callahan, not an iron deer in the lawn. He is terrific in the pocket. And he moves well. I thought he, you know, he had some positive gains, positive gains in the preseason. I think he's got a chance to be a pretty decent quarterback. And I'm really interested to watch him again. You know, the Packers, he made their final roster. He got cut early in the year, but the Packers need to bring up Mike Pinnell for the Dallas game. So they cut Callahan. Callahan gets claimed on waivers by the Saints. Gets, gets cut there. Um, I believe he got claimed on waivers then by Cleveland. I know he was in Cleveland, but I think, I think it was a waiver claim. Gets cut by Cleveland. Lands on Green Bay's practice squad late in the season, then promoted to the active roster really late in the year after Rodgers had the uh, hamstring and calf injuries. So, But, you know, once, once training camp's over, we don't really get to see anything. And we go to practice and, you know, see the offense jogging through plays. I'm really interested to see Callahan um, this offseason and then watch how he grows, or if he grows, throughout the offseason and then through training camp. He throws up pretty well. I mean, I thought for deep balls, he really had a, you know, kind of had an elongated wind-up to get it. But, you know, he throws up pretty well. I think his pocket movement skills are terrific. Um, he seems to know how to play. Um, and I guess that's the question with, with Hunley, which I haven't really haven't seen yet. Um, you know, you go back to the first preseason, I, I thought he showed that, but I want to see more of that from Hunley. I thought Callahan showed that, you know what? Because he basically played the entire preseason. Remember, Rodgers didn't play hardly at all, and Callahan played a series. Or Callahan, or Rodgers hardly played, and Hunley um, played the one game. So basically, Callahan played... You know, I think Bob had in this story 62% of the preseason snaps at that after he beat up Marquise Williams when he was the guy. So I think I thought you got a pretty good feel that, you know, he he's really got a, a knack for playing. So I, I think Green Bay feels really good about the quarterback group. That said, though, did they have to draft another quarterback? I wouldn't think so. But if you're gonna if the intention is to trade Hunley, um you know, following the 2017 season, good. You know that, that offseason, the offseason heading into 2018, to get something for him while you can. You know, I, I'd be interested to see if you do you feel compelled to draft another quarterback. Um, but then if you do that, then you're then, you may, then maybe you're almost forced to, forced to keep four. So maybe, maybe that wouldn't work out. Um, I think it is something worth considering, though. I, I don't think they would just forget, but for the four quarterback thing, you know, it's, it's hard enough to keep. I mean, they couldn't keep Callahan for three, so probably not. But, but I think Green Bay's really, really set at quarterback. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. I truly appreciate it. If you're from the Green Bay area, be safe out there. Um, I think maybe all of Wisconsin. We've got a, a fair amount of snow for now. We haven't had snow in a long time. So be safe out there. Have a great day, and I will talk running backs with you tomorrow.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.